Welcome to the Bear Down Podcast presented by Arizona Athletics. I'm Matt Enzer here, joined by Coach Lloyd, head coach of Arizona basketball. We're going to talk about Coach Lloyd's story as a student athlete, but also his journey here to Arizona as the head coach of Arizona men's basketball. Coach, thanks for ha- thanks for joining us. Happy Great. Happy. Good to be here, Matt. First off, I mean, they told me I'm going to be down here with some on-air talent. What's going on? They sold you short. <laughs> they sold you short. Whoever they were, they sold you and, short. And why aren't we doing this at the Baja Cafe? That's uh, that's a different question for a different day, Coach. Okay. Appreciate the energy off the now, bat. I heard you had something on uh, on the menu there. I did. I had my own Benedict, the Menzer Benedict. How long did it last? Uh, it went for a weekend special, sold well enough to make the full-time menu. And then about six weeks after that, they pulled it because it didn't sell well enough. Why? Chicken, pesto, and spinach just wasn't good enough for most people on a on That's a Benedict. Interesting. So interesting. Enough about me, Coach. This podcast is the episode of Coach Tommy Lloyd. Growing up in Kelso, Washington, Pacific Northwest, for those of who aren't familiar, 50 miles north of Portland, give or take. Uh, you played high school basketball. If today version of Coach Lloyd saw Kelso High version of Tommy Lloyd as a player, what's the evaluation? The, the same thing Rick Majerus told me when I was in high school. Cause, uh, he, I had played with a seven-footer named Ryan Chilton, who ended up being a good player and going to Colorado State, but he was getting recruited by Coach Majerus. And Coach Majerus just told me, Tommy, you're a great kid. I just wish you were a little bit bigger and a little bit better. That was, that was That's the scouting report for Kelso High <laughs> <That's> star, <it. laughs> Coach Lloyd. Now, famously, you went to Walla Walla Community College nearby where your highlight of your career was the 52-point game. Now, as a coach who preaches offensive efficiency and scoring the ball, give me the scoring breakdown for 52 points. How many shots was that on? Oh, man. I mean, you're, you're asking me some tough questions there. I mean, the one thing I do, I think I was 9 for 12 from 3. Um, and then we'd kind of have to do the math from there. So that was 27. Yep. And then 52 minus 27 25. is 25. 25? Yeah, it is 25. Um yeah, then I think I think I made like nine for twelve from the field too, and must have thrown in a few free throws or something like so that. So it was an efficient fifty-two, not a thirty. Oh yeah, yeah, efficient, efficient for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and was your career at Walla Walla where you got the nickname Tommy Gunn? Oh, I don't know. I think that was about the time. Wasn't Tommy Gunn one of the characters like in the Rocky movies or something? And yeah, I don't, I don't know where I, that nickname came from, but I haven't heard it in a while, and uh, you know, I, I think it's. Something that's in the past, let's keep it there. Okay, but <laughs> if, we're, if we're looking ahead, better player for, for Coach Lloyd, style-wise, do you go Tommy Gunn Lloyd or Liam at Grand Canyon? I mean, who's got the better game for, for oh, Coach Oh, Liam is much better. Okay. He much better. He didn't, yeah. carry, he didn't get no. the Tommy Gunn gene passed down. No, he actually has he has decent feet. He can move. He, I think he can even jump a little bit. Like, neither of those things I could do. Um, and you know, he was kind of maybe what's the same as well taught growing up. Uh, I actually enjoyed coaching him a lot. I was able to coach him a lot growing up. And, you know, it's one of the things coach few let us do is coach our kids. And, you know, it was an awesome time for me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he's on his own path now. And th- these paths are never easy, no matter if you're a coach's kid or not. Um, but he's on a good path at Grand Canyon and I'm looking forward to see what he does with it. So you, you grew up in the Pacific Northwest and went to college in the Pacific Northwest. You worked at Gonzaga for two decades in the Pacific Northwest. What was your first early memory of Pac-12 basketball where you saw it in person or saw it over TV? 
oh, I mean, I, I grew up a sports junkie. So, I mean, I remember watching all those, you know, Pac-10 games on those you know, Saturday mornings and stuff like that, you know, watching Arizona and from McHale back in the day, UCLA. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just remember following it because, you know, to be honest with you at the time, like when you're out West, I mean, you know, you're still watching Georgetown and Kansas because those were the national games and the Big East was huge. You know, just that was it felt like it was on TV all the time. But then watching, you know, the the locally it was it was packed in. I mean, you know, the, the WCC I didn't even know anything about at the time, and so I didn't even really know anything about Gonzaga at the time. So uh, you know, just remember watching a lot of those uh, a lot of those games and up and down I five and stuff like that for sure. Well, specifically of that group of games that you remember watching TV, the Arizona basketball team. Do you remember the? A first game or the first team you were about the season you would have seen i mean honestly i mean you're going back i mean first things are just like cactus logo you mm-hmm. know what i mean those are the things that like impact me and uh you know obviously steve kerr played there and we had a knee brace sean elliott had a knee brace I was like man <laughs> everybody in arizona have a knee brace on <laughs> uh just remember that stuff and then um you know then obviously you know when i was kind of in college they had that that you know, great run with, you know, Miles Simon and, you know, Mike Bibby, Jason Terry, you know, Damon Sotomayor before that. Just remember all those great guards they had. Absolutely. So well-documented in your, in your childhood growing up, Coach, that you had an exposure to the international life and culture. Your, your parents hosted exchange students. Uh, and obviously that sort of fuels your interest to travel overseas. Now, was your first overseas trip trying to play professionally in Australia and Germany, or did you make a no, trip? Before? No, no, I went in high school, like in the summer in high school. You know, my brother actually was an exchange student for a year in Sweden, and, and that was something I wanted to do. But, you know, just because of high school basketball and, and opportunities, you know, I didn't do that. So I, I went in the summer a couple of times during high school. Those were my first experiences. And, and yeah, it's still great memories to this day. And uh, always love traveling. I mean, I love being at different places, learning about different cultures. Um, you know, and, and one of the things I found is no matter where you travel, people everywhere are great. That, that first summer trip, so the first stamp on the Tommy Lloyd passport is what country, do you remember? I went to Sweden and Holland. Sweden and Holland. Netherlands, Holland, whatever it was yeah. your preference. So that was that was the start of it. Then obviously, Australia and Germany post post college. Yeah, post college went to Australia and Germany, and he's had you know played low level, you know, basketball after college. Just put it that way, and it was just more. It was an awesome life experience just to go over and live in a different place, and you know, met a lot of different friends, and you know, my wife was with me, so. We were able to travel a lot and then kind of in the in-between times we backpacked i mean so we went all through europe africa you know uh spent you know like six weeks in zimbabwe went to mauritius you know australia new zealand fiji i mean some, some epic travels back in the day and when, when traveling's cool when you are literally doing it remember the had those books back in the day how to do europe on 40 dollars a day like we had nothing and so able to, to travel and stay in hostels and stuff like that. It was awesome. How about your most recent trip overseas? Where have you gone recently? Uh, this summer. I Luckily, you know, with COVID kind of clearing, I hadn't been overseas for a while. Usually when I'm used to going a couple times a year at least. Um, and my wife and I took a trip in August when we kind of were able to catch our breath. And we went to the south of France. Uh, Demontis De Sabonis got married there, so we went to his wedding. And um, then we went and spent a few days in Barcelona and then came home and it was awesome. I mean, it was a, a, a great vacation getaway. 
Um, and yeah, we, we had a blast. So if we were playing the Tommy Lloyd Passport game, could we list all of the countries you've been to? We'll just start with Europe. And is there any you haven't been to yet? Haven't been to Portugal. I mean, you know, you go, you go Spain, you know, Spain, France, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany. You know, I'm kind of working my way up there, right? Denmark, Sweden. I haven't been to Finland or Norway. Yeah. I know that for sure. Um, and then you just kind of work down that Eastern block. I've been to almost all of those. Um, you know, Lithuania, not as good a name. Serbia. Yeah. Haven't been to Estonia. Okay. How about that? So I, I owe Kerr a trip. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland. Um, you know, then you got, um, you would have, uh, you know, Slovakia, Czech, you know, there, Austria, you know, Croatia. So we're, we're guessing only three countries. I haven't been to Slovenia. Your, okay, I haven't been to Slovenia. You haven't been to. Uh, I don't think I've been to Bosnia either. Okay. I've, been, I've done Croatia, Serbia, Greece, you know, Turkey. Um, yeah, I mean, most of it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I love traveling and and I literally think everybody should do more of it. And I think it's something that would really help our society and our country if people just traveled more Absolutely. and got to meet more people and, 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 you know, learn how to, you know, learn about other cultures, you know, be sympathetic for what, what, what they're going through. And um, I think it would be a thing. I mean, I wish every kid, you know, out of high school had to go do a year abroad where they just traveled. I think it would make the world a much better place, but uh, I digress. But I want to focus on at least the aspect of coaching European players, because you've done a lot of it here, uh, a lot of it at Gonzaga rather, but then now here inheriting a heavy international roster. And also Arizona having a more recent lineage of European players going back to, I'll say, uh, Ivan Rodinovich all the way through Lowry Markin and Dusan Ristich, DeAndre and Josh Green. Is it a different approach for you coaching European guys, knowing kind of their background, knowing what's different over there, or is it is it a similar approach? Well, I, I definitely have a comfort with, with most of their cultures. Um, you know, so so maybe there's some things, you know, that are more relatable. But, but all in all, I mean, I think high-level basketball is a global game. And so you, you look at the makeup of nearly every roster. Um, you know, NBA, heavy international influence. College, significant, you know, international influence. So anymore, I mean, I, I think it's kind of similar everywhere. I don't think, you know, you have these deals where you don't know how to coach international players because you haven't had them. I mean, you know, and, and, and I think having international players, American players, just having the diversity of backgrounds makes for a really cool locker room. And um, it's something I always tell our guys, they need to enjoy. I mean, they need to enjoy getting to know people from a different country that have a different religion. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it teaches them how to be world citizens. And at the end of the day, I think that's pretty important. That's a, no better example of that than the current roster for this year's team. Yeah, whether it's Christian Coloco from Cameroon, yeah. Adama from Paris. You've got some Lithuanians. He's not from Paris. He's from, from Le Mans. Le Mans. Yeah, Le Mans. Oh, the 24-hour race we yeah, learned it is the at Media Day. Oh, nice. Good. Uh, but let's let's flash forward and travel back here to Tucson, Arizona, McHale Center. Take you back, Coach, to your introductory press conference on the floor of McHale. Your first time back in as uh, not on the opposing sideline, as it were. But you had a handful of games in McHale as an assistant for Gonzaga. Is there a specific memory or fond memory, I would say, of that environment of experiencing it from the other side? Winning. I mean, that was the best memory I had. 
But, you know, and then I think, you know, I don't know, it might have been about 2013 or maybe maybe 15. I mean, it might have been, maybe, I'm really bad with years. Um, we had a great battle over here. I think it was an overtime game and uh, it was an awesome battle. And just, you know, just, you know, it was, it was cool. It was cool being in a place where basketball meant so much and you could feel it on the, the other bench and um, you knew... Uh, you know, when, when, when the game got going, you know, the full force of Mikhail came down upon your shoulders and it makes it a special place to compete, you know, whether you're home or away. And, um, you know, I, I, it's just so cool to be part of something that means so much to so many people. And uh, it's something that I think about every day and it's something, you know, it's a responsibility, you know, that, that I'm going to be accountable for. You've talked about this in the past of, you see a lot of similarities between Tucson and Spokane. Uh, a college town versus what I would say maybe a big college town of what I see Tucson has. Now that you've been here and you've lived here for a little bit longer, where are some of those parallels you see or, or parts you enjoy that from both cities? Um, limited traffic, great people, um, and, 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 you know, no one's pretentious down here. You know what I mean? And so you, I think you feel people are very comfortable in their own skin and, and, you know, they're, they're not judging other people and, uh, you know, they're not trying to be something they're not. And, and, and I just think that's great. The great part of a community that I want to be, you know, and it's something like that. I don't want to be in a, a flashy community where, you know, people are trying to you know, outdo each other, so to speak. So no, it's been great. It's been great. And, and, you know, the one common denominator, you know, that I found is people love Arizona basketball here. And, and that's awesome. Now, you've talked a little bit about this uh, at Media Day and, and, and your pedigree, as it were, of playing fast, some of the fast top-scoring offenses at Gonzaga. When you t- see that rolled out there and you, and you can see, hey, this is the office I want to I run, this is what good offense looks like, how would you describe that to a fan? What's something a fan should look for in good offense under Tommy Lloyd? Well, I mean, I don't think the goal ever is to lead the country in scoring. I think the goal is just to you know, get great shots possession by possession. And, you know, offensively, and, I, and I, I just, I don't think it's crazy to think that playing fast gives you more opportunities to do that. I mean, you get the ball up the court early, maybe you get a, maybe you get a bunny, you know, something easy happens, you know, you, you get a numbered break, something like that. Or you get a wide open three because the defense hasn't, you know, matched up in transition. And then, you know, once we get in the half court, you want, you want to move the ball, you want to move bodies. And, and during that whole time, you know, we're looking for easy opportunities. So, I just think you know when you when you push the ball and flow right into your offense, um, it gives you you know a greater likelihood of getting a good shot you know with within the shot clock and so um, that that's just how I've always thought. So it's not about like playing fast because we want to lead the nation in scoring. It's because I think it's the best way to put pressure on the defense and, and get the most opportunities. And, uh, and 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 to be honest with you, it's just kind of it, it's the way I know best and the way I'm most comfortable with. Another focal point of, of your media day session was uh, your joy of coaching big men. Uh, you've had obviously some great ones at, at Gonzaga, but what's what's a favorite part of coaching big men to you? Well, coaching big men is like mowing your yard. I know people don't do that much in Tucson, do they? <laughs> That's a bad example here. It's a bad example here, but 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 you just are, I mean, a lot of people like to mow their yard when they're they're, they're busy. They work at, but you see instant progress. I mean, you, you can see progress, you know, you know, every, every, you know, turn you take. So you, you can really see results. And, 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 um, and if you don't mow your yard very often, it looks pretty bad. 
So big men take a lot of work, and and but when you put the work in, I think you you can get pretty consistent results, and it's just it's fun. It's fun being able to work on something and seeing things translate pretty quickly. So uh, I've always liked it, and I just, I just think it's an advantage. And I think you know for the most part, bigs are underutilized in in the game today, and um, and and so it's, it's it's to me there's just a lot of advantages to playing through and with big guys. So let's let's. Take advantage of that. What's the opposite opposite side of that coin? What's your favorite part of coaching guards and wings? Just the creativity, you know, how, how you can teach guards, you know, I mean, a lot of them are pretty creative thinkers, but then you can really hone in and, and focus on, okay, you're being creative, but is that being impactful? And then just finding that fine line between being a creator and, and doing things that are impactful that you can recreate over and over and over again. Um, you know, a lot of the times challenges with guards is, you know, for them, you know, they're a little bit like artists. Every uh, possession is a blank canvas. So they come down and they do something, you know, crazy or, or whatever you want to call it. And then maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. And if it works out, you're like, can you recreate that again? And, and so it's just, I love the challenge of helping them be creative, but then, you know, finding that, that 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 sweet spot to where they can be creative but impactful and, and do things over and over and over and over again. We hear a lot about, and we've heard it from some of the current guys in the roster, a pregame routine, uh, what they do. What, and you haven't, haven't coached your first game yet, but what is the Coach Lloyd pregame routine uh, going to be here? For me or the players? For you. Uh, probably just relaxing. A little bit and just making sure my mind's clear and you know i got a full understanding of what we want to do and you know and, and and have my plan b's and plan c's you know you know well thought out and hopefully able to execute you know um, um I've, I've never been a really nervous guy you know in games i mean of course you get a few butterflies but the way i, I mean the way i've always thought is if the game starts at seven it starts at seven so it don't matter if I'm nervous or not. So why, why put myself through that anguish and that anxiety? Um, you know, hopefully, you know, I, I feel good about the prep and, and, um, and, you know, I, I love games. I mean, games are what it's all about. I mean, it, that's, that's the test. And, you know, I love competing in games and, and, and going against other good teams, you know, because these other coaches are really good too and they try hard. So it's a great challenge. I love that. And then if things go well, you know, feeling good about it and then figuring out, okay, why did they go well? What did we do that helped them go well? And then can we recreate that? And, and, and then, you know, and the same thing goes for losing. I know as crazy as that sounds, but losing's part of the process too. And, um, you, you know, if you're doing this and thinking you're just going to win every game, you're crazy. I mean, you know, you're not going to be a happy person. So, you know, the, the losing part is, you know, you, uh, you get that pit in your stomach and it, it's not a good feeling, but then, you know, peeling back the layers and trying to feel, figure out how to fix things is it's fun. And, and it's an awesome challenge. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's one of those things that, I mean, I think coaches have a little bit of a sickness sometimes. And, um, you know, I probably got it just like all the rest of them and, and, you know, where your mind's always going and is it ever good enough? I don't know. There's things to fix and this and that. And then, you know, getting under the hood and, you know, getting your hands dirty is a lot of fun. In that pregame routine of, of thinking and focusing, or maybe it's when we get up at home that day or on the drive-in, does the playlist come in? Is there, is there music we're going to listen oh, to on the sure. way in? 
And what's sure. what's on the Spotify or Apple or Pandora playlist for you? Well, I mean, I, I always start with two. I mean, the Beastie Boys and Beck. I mean, they'll always be uh, the, the the staple. Um, you know, this part of my life, I'm kind of definitely feeling a Tom Petty flow. Um, you know, but you know, being a local Tucsonian, you know, I, I just uh, gotten to know recently. Uh, the the lead singer from Midland. He's a Tucson guy, um, actually from Sonoida. And so, um, yeah, you know, you throw a little bit of all that in there and that's usually a good mix. You got some little, little hopefully Tucson positive karma, you know, some, some Beastie Boys wisdom in there, you know, some Tom Petty storytelling and, you know, some Beck, you know, he's got a little bit of everything. So, you know, that, that's probably as crazy as I'm getting. So Mike Andrea brought that Tucson music flair to home games from Linda Ronstadt. I don't know if you know. Oh, I have Tucson. heard that. So uh, whether it's How would that be, pregame music? Would that be good? Uh, if you went with her cover of, Ro of the Rolling Stones, Tumbling Dice, you'd be all right. I'd Anything put, I'd else? Put that it's, it's just um, one just, song on repeat? No, she's got some other ones. You can go with uh, okay. the, the duets with Neville or, or her bilingual albums if you wanted to really go with it. Wow. Uh, that's what's played at, at Hill and Brand to start off every home game under Mike Andrea. We'll see if that continues. But uh, the Tom Petty, solid. Beastie Boys, are we going ill communication or hello nasty? What what side of the spectrum? Are we all, all, all of them. Maybe the in sound from way out. Maybe we're going all instrumental. Paul's boutique is probably my favorite. Okay. If you made me pick one, okay. I mean that that's probably the one I'm picking. But uh, but I love them all. Well, we're not going to top Paul's boutique for this conversation. So that's the way to end it right there, Coach Lloyd. Want to thank you for joining the Bear Down Podcast. Thank you for your time, Paul's boutique, Tom Petty. Maybe Linda Ross to have the future. I'm definitely open-minded.